not woke. Make that clear. Awake, not woke. Welcome, initiates, to another episode of the Awake Not Woke podcast. As always, my name is Sarah, and this is episode 47. We are going to be discussing the differences between Satan and Lucifer as found in the Bible. This is a really interesting topic. I've been wanting to cover this for a while, and I've been interested about this difference between these two subjects for a while. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's a really interesting conversation, and it adds a lot more context and depth to the Bible and to the words and specificities found in the Bible. So stay tuned for that, but make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at Awake Not Woke Podcast. You can check us out there. Send us a DM, say hi, say you found the podcast, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also check out all our links in the show notes to see what else we're doing and see where we're at. So without further ado, let's get on to the episode, episode 37 of the Awake Not Woke podcast on Satan and Lucifer with your hosts, myself and Chas. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to Awake Not Woke podcast. This is Chas and Sarah. Hello. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a subject that we've referenced previously a little bit, but we're going to be discussing what are the differences, similarities, lack thereof, of Lucifer and Satan? So it's going to get into some Bible talk, also just some kind of mythology, um, definitions, lots of different things, but definitely going into the misconceptions about the similarities between Lucifer and Satan. Yes, absolutely. In Christianity, I think it's generally accepted that Lucifer and Satan are the same thing. Yeah. Growing up, that was exactly my experience. I mean, it was the devil, Satan, Lucifer. It was just all in one. All bad. Yeah. And I, for a lot of reasons, don't necessarily agree with that. I think there is a lot of purpose in the words that are chosen in the Bible. So if they meant Satan... They would have said Satan, but they didn't say Satan. And fun fact, Lucifer is only said once in the entire Bible. Morningstar is said a couple other times, which is a translation of Lucifer or like a meaning of Lucifer, but it's only used once. Lucifer is only used once. So there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. I have a lot of notes on this, but... I just think it's really important to pay attention to the words. So I'm going to read the verse that Lucifer, the word Lucifer is in. And let's go from there. Most of my notes start with Lucifer and then I talk about Satan. And at least that's how my notes are formatted. So whatever you want to jump in with is great. But Isaiah 14, 12 is the only verse in the entire Bible that uses the word Lucifer. And it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken our, weaken nations, not our nations? Um, that's the only, only one in there. And the reason that people believe that Lucifer is the same as Satan is because in another verse, there's something about Satan falling from the sky like lightning. And I have some notes on that too. So yeah, a little context that I wanted to give about the Isaiah verse is 
basically, if you look in the Bible, and some Bibles are laid out differently, but the particular one that I was looking at, um, it basically, that whole chapter is talking about Israel's taunt against Babylon. So Israel was going to be given their own land and be freed from the Babylonian oppression. So really, if you read that verse with that in mind, they're in a way kind of exalting Lucifer. They're they're saying, you know, you. I think there was another verse that said, um, Something about, I will send into the heaven, exalt my throne as the stars above God, ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be the most high, which is referencing Jesus's ascension, or at least that's my interpretation of it. Um, so basically with that, they're not necessarily saying that Lucifer is something bad. They're exalting the freer of Israel, which I know we're going to be getting into that verse in Revelation here in a bit, but that's just something to keep in mind when we do get there. Yeah, and... I do believe there's a, another verse. I'm sure I have it in my notes somewhere in here where Jesus says he is the morning star. It's in Revelation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was flipping through different versions of this specific verse uh, with Lucifer in it, I found one version that had a footnote that talked a little more about the, the other verse that is attributed to Lucifer equals Satan. And that verse is Luke 10, 18. Yep. And in the context that that verse is in, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous that you would use that to attribute it. Cause I read the chapters around it and in context, what is happening is God is speaking to a bunch of people. I don't know if it's angels or is it's, they call it the 72. Yeah. So the 72 from my understanding, and I could have this a bit wrong, just in brief research of it was there were 12 disciples and then like 60 or 70 other people. And God was sending those people out into the world or the different, you know, towns and cities to heal the sick, uh, talk about different prophecies, spread the good news more or less. Yeah. So the 72, which is that they go out and banish some demons and then they come back and they're like, God, it worked in your name. We we're able to banish demons. Yeah. And honestly, what this sounds like, it sounds like God or Jesus, I think. Yeah. No, Jesus replied, I saw f Satan fall like heaven or excuse me. God, I'm so bad at reading the Bible. <laughs> Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And to me, it sounds like if you would talk to a little child and the little child was like, look, I killed the dragon. You're like, oh, yeah, I saw that dragon fall from the sky. That's exactly how I interpret it, too. They're coming back to Jesus and saying, look, this worked. We did this in your name. Demons, demons are being casted out. And Jesus is like, yeah, I agree. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven exactly like, ditto yeah it, it's 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 kind of like a parable which i have a bunch of notes on a specific parable where satan was mentioned later on in my notes but jesus often talks in these parables and in this whole i forget which chapter it is i'll get to that when we talk more about satan but jesus says my words will sound like parables to those who do not have ears to hear it and to me, that is saying to read between the lines and to understand the nuances of the language. The Bible Project on YouTube talks about this as well and talks about how there's not very many details given, but the details that are given in the Bible are extremely important. Yeah. So if it's saying Lucifer, it's saying that for a reason. If it's saying Satan, it's saying that for a reason. And honestly, while we're talking about all this, we should have episodes on all the other names for the devil because there's... 
Beelzebul, mm-hmm. the evil one, ruler of the world, god of the age, Belial, Moloch. Like, there's not a there's. I I refuse to believe. It's just, eh, it's just all the same thing. Like it's it's like tomato tomato. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot that can be said and <sighs> looked into on such deeper deeper levels. And going back to what you said about it's there for a reason. That's kind of why I wanted to bring up that reference of the freeing of Israel from the Isaiah verse, because in Revelation 22, 16, which I found this in, uh, it was an interview with Jordan Maxwell, and I messaged you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, that whole verse, I, I think I have it written down word for word, but it could be a little bit off. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel yeah. to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am, I am the root of offspring of David, the bright and morning star, the fallen from heaven. Oh, wait. That's different. Yeah. The bright and morning star, which yeah, is I have that written the translation down mm-hmm. for Lucifer. So when we go back to that verse in Isaiah, they're exalting that name of Lucifer. And again, I want to be clear. They're not exalting the devil or Satan. Mm-hmm. They're exalting the morning star, the the one that freed Israel. Yeah. And let's talk a little more about specifically what Lucifer means, because Lucifer means light bringer or morning star. And that is also the Latin equivalent of the Greek word phosphoros, which in class, classic mythology represents the god of Venus. And yep. Venus is literally the morning star. If you go out right now, we're recording this in April 2022. If you go out in the morning before the sun rises, you will see a super bright star in the sky right where the sun's about to rise. That is Venus. It is the morning star. It shines brightest right before the morning. And I also found some interesting information that during March and April, which is Aries season, the beginning of the zodiacal calendar, which is just interesting, Venus appears to lower in the sky. Yeah. So it's the fall the of fall- the morning star. That's it. I found the same information and, and it was talking about the position of Venus that it does sit just below the sun. It falls so the fallen star, yeah, like it couldn't be more clear. Like now that we're unpacking it, I'm just yeah. And Jesus, the Son of God, which is the, the, the Son, Son of God, and the morning star falls before the sun rises yep. from the dead. It is just very obvious. And I would really let's. This is kind of just a side note to you. Also, when we have our astrology episode, let's have that one where we record it just by itself and we really dive into all this because it all just keeps coming back to this astrology core to it. Yeah. And it it's all stories on how to tell it. And I I don't know quite what I believe when it comes to Lucifer and Satan specifically in astrology, but Lucifer seems to represent that Venus energy mm-hmm. and the energy of... Well, we'll get into Luciferianism in a second. But before we get on to that, there's one more thing that I wrote down, one more Bible verse in regards to Lucifer. And that is, what is it? Second Peter 119. It's like the second book of Peter. Uh, was that what you call it? Because there's second w- Peter. OK, yeah. great. Uh, it is, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The NIV version of that is, 
and you will do well to pay attention. This is like half of it. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So the morning star rising in your hearts would be the energy of Jesus accepting Jesus into your heart. Exactly. And if Lucifer is the morning star, I personally believe that it would it would make sense if Jesus Jesus and Lucifer were like two halves of the same coin. Now, a lot of people believe Satan and Lucifer are two halves of the same coin. Yeah. Whereas Satan is this more material materialistic energy and Lucifer is this more intelligence light energy like light bearing yeah, yeah yeah exactly and that's what we get into luciferianism so luciferianism is a non-defined belief system that be- embraces the concept of the light bringer they believe lucifer a lot of them I, I should say not all of them believe lucifer is a being that will assist the seeker in attaining enlightenment and lucifer does not hand out knowledge but helps bring it out of you so that's where this kind of luciferian concept comes in it's not like jesus where jesus is out there handing out all the knowledge he wouldn't ever withhold it to you and when we get into satan and satanism and the parables some people really disagree that the parables that jesus is giving to everyone except his disciples are false because they or excuse me they believe they're literal, not riddles, because Jesus wouldn't withhold the truth. He would just tell the people, even though they're given in parables, he they still believe it's more literal and not as cryptic and up to the person to decipher. Because if it was up to the person to decipher, that would be putting that Luciferian power within you rather than the Jesus energy. That's a little more into Satanism, but that's hmm. why I think Luciferianism gets kind of a bad rap because it's not like a if y- there's room for cruelty if there's not if there's not an equal amount of energy or you you're being mistreated. It's not all about like sunshine and rainbows. If you're not ready for this information, it's not going to be given to you. Yeah, it's ve- it seems very occultic. Like definitely yeah, yeah. that secret sort of knowledge yep. and it didn't to m- from my brief research into luciferianism it didn't start in a bad natured spirit no at all and i don't even think it really started it was just people who were deciphering what lucifer meant and then deciding that that energy was something that they resonated with whereas satanism like started levian satanism and people saying they're satanists that was like a thing but luciferianism they put a lot of significant weight on balance i feel like if you identify or resonate with the idea of being an occultist in any way, even if you don't define yourself as that, if you're studying hermetic principles, if you are reading Manly P. Hall and you're looking into any of this kind of stuff, Golden Dawn, all of that, you're probably under an umbrella of Luciferian in some way. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it just is what it is. And that's kind of what Luciferianism is. Like every sect is kind of its own thing. It's more like user defined rather than a larger sect of a religion. Like Satanism has a Satanism Bible, like written by Anthony LaFay. So that's more defined. And Luciferians are dedicated to self-transformation, to betterment, um, they believe in balance. I think I already said that. It's it's pretty it's pretty vague, and it's like yeah, I'm I'm signed up for that. Like it yeah. doesn't sound like anything too bad. But Satan 
is used a lot more frequently in the Bible. Yeah. And I do believe this is quite a bit darker than just Luciferianism or Lucifer the Morning Star. I agree. I think when it comes to Satan, this is where you get into that conversation of demons or entities, like that darker, I guess, energy that can be very heavy and cruel and that that feeling that you definitely don't want to have. Absolutely. Luciferianism is definitely not as heavy. Not at all. And Luciferianism, again, I think is it's something that gets confused with Satanism, especially with conspiracy talk. It's like the Luciferian agenda and the Satanist agenda are yeah, kind like of thrown around. Pedophiles and all of that. Absolutely. I don't agree with that necessarily. And I would, if I had to categorize what the social engineers are doing, it's satanic. It's 100%. definitely not Luciferian. 100%. Maybe they use Luciferian principles as in like hermetic laws and principles of manifestation or magic or stuff like that. If you want to say they that is Luciferian, okay, maybe that's true but, but that's just natural law like yeah. that's not that's not good or bad it just is and i almost feel like that's what lucifer represents it's venus and again i really want to go like hard into astrology and give ourselves like two weeks to go into this for the listener chas and i have qu- a quite a few topics where we've agreed we need more than just a week of study oh on my this, god like tataria and all that so that's to come but we'll we'll take some time on our part but astrology is another one of those things where it's it's so nuanced and i would really want to spend some time looking into it before we even do a 101 episode because venus is traditionally this planet of love and like Aphrodite and beauty and which is true and I think even like Lucifer like in the show Lucifer is very Venus energy like always dressed up very nice I've never even seen that show I haven't either whenever I see the covers it's always like handsome looking man with a suit on and a tie like all clean cut that's very Venus energy even if it's presented in a masculine form but it's more than that it's it's about the betterment of the the physical self like the if you think of beauty you think of a beautiful woman or a beautiful piece of art or a beautiful landscape you think of this physical beauty that holds a light within it and then even just simply the energy of the morning star the bright brightest sky in the morning that type of energy right it's it's a lot it's a natural force satan on the other hand is a darker force, like you were saying, it gets into these demons and whatnot. But I still think there is room to misinterpret Satan. And a lot of Christianity does misinterpret Satan as this, like, just straight up sinful energy. I I do think we need this darkness within us. And I have a lot about the book of Job for talking about this. Yeah. One thing about Satan that I looked into is Satan, if I'm not mistaken, translates into adversary. adversary. So Satan in and of itself, that word, that term doesn't equal demonic or evil. It means adversary, which is just opponent. So it's the adversary to God. Yeah, absolutely. And in the, in the Old Testament, a lot of the times when Satan is used, which is very, it's used very few times in the Old Testament, but it can even be used as a verb or a noun, like, or uh, excuse me, an adjective. It can be like 
in the Bible, it can be used to describe something that is of a darkness of place or uh, I forget. There was one time it was used as a verb against a city or something. And it was like probably Babylon. It was something like some to destroy, not to destroy. It was some anyway. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a name of a person. It can be used in other ways. And using the context is really important. But I also think it's important because, yeah, if it's an adversary and it's this opposing force of God and God created everything, Satan has to obey God as well. So God is allowing Satan to be here. And there has to be this Satan energy in this world because we have to have duality and we have to have balance. And we have the choice. Exactly. Free will. And free will is, is crucial to this three-dimensional experiment that we're a part of. So the book of Job I thought was really interesting. I read a lot of it because I just, I, I now that I know about context and how it can really change a Bible verse, I really wanted to understand this topic as much as I could. And one of the things that jumped out at me is Satan is just roaming the earth. He's just roaming around. Yeah. And to me, that sounds like he could be a person like a meat suit type energy so it could be a like lizard person type thing it could be something that is more of a like literal spirit that can be floating around earth or it can be the idea that satan is god on this earth like the opposite side because god is energy so the opposite version of god like god's actual adversary would be the physical manifestation or something that is on this dimension not on these higher vibrational realms another thing is that in the book of job Job is like this nice guy who's just really faithful to god and satan just screws him over really hard but what happens is I think God like calls upon his angels and Satan comes as well. And God is like, or no, Satan suggests that Job should be tested on his faith. And God says, okay, we'll go ahead and ruin his life. Just don't kill him. So God is telling Satan to do that. God is telling him to go out and tempt his people and test his people because that will make them stronger and test their faith and make them stronger. Yeah. So it's, not necessarily always going to be this super evil, like you can never come back from that thing. Yeah, I think that's a great point to make because especially in Christianity, I think it's just very, it's driven in, at least in my experience with Christianity, it's driven into your brain, into your heart, into every part of you that Satan is this all tempting, all evil, all demonic force that does roam the earth. So present at all times in my experience. And I I don't know that I would go as far to say belief, but I guess interpretation up until this point is more of that energetic sort of presence. And I don't, I don't think I literally mean like meat suit body. I guess as opposed to lizard person, that's kind of and not that that's wrong in any way. If we're talking that God is energy, then the adversary would still be energy, just in a different form. Totally. So my that's brain, my. I always just think thoughts. it's important to to point out that that could be a possibility, especially with 
just all the history that we know about or that could be possible with with our alien episode and the lizard people episode. But I also think it's very possible that this energy is roaming the earth so to speak because it's condemned to this physical world and that's what i think i mean it's a it's a meat suit problem yeah it's not so much this higher dimensional energy but it's still god and it's still working with god because god and satan are working together in the book of job god says yeah go do that see what happens job is still faithful and it's great satan leads to darkness and terrible things you can come across this energy even if you're entirely faithful christian or spiritual person you can't just like not ever sin and you're you're totally fine it's that that's not what i'm what i'm that's not what i believe i should say yeah i i agree with you on that yeah and lucifer is going to illuminate the truth and lead to illumination in the darkness which again i think could be a version of jesus but satan is going to lead you into that darkness so i i do think there is an energy i again i just think it's it's fun to throw out the lizard people thing but in general i think we're talking about these energies that we are dealing with on earth the biggest difference i think it would be jesus and satan would be the dark and the light on this meat suit and god is this higher dimensional thing that we can't quite grasp yeah we have that energy available to us but that's why christians put so much focus on jesus because what you're really coming into contact with is the third dimensional version of this godly energy the energy that we have available to us isn't kether all the way at the top right it is the kether that has come down through all 10 emanations of the tree of life to malkut and became this godly energy that we know of and that's why through meditation you can reach higher up on that tree and seek out these visions of higher knowledge and be closer to the understanding of what god is but what we have is the energies of lucifer of jesus of satan that's what we have direct access to that's why satan roams this earth yeah that makes a lot of sense so this brings me to when I was doing the my notes for this episode, I just I searched Lucifer on BibleGateway.com and then I searched Satan for on BibleGateway.com. And another verse that came up that had Satan in it was in Mark 3 and specifically Mark 3.23 says, so Jesus called them over to him and began to speak in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So that's 323 and 324. And I actually kind of want to read 25 through 32. I just didn't write it down. So let me pull that up real quick. Okay, so let me restart that. So Mark 323, I'm going to read till 330 because I think this in context is really interesting. So at Mark 323, it says, and he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, how can Satan, oh God, no, this is not the version I wanted. (laughs) This is still KJV. (laughs) I did not want to read that one. Okay, there we go. It's so hard. Okay. Now I'm going to read the whole verse. (laughs) Mark 23, NIV. 
So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. So I was really thinking a lot about this particular one because when it started with, so Jesus began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? He's straight up telling you this is a riddle. This is a parable. A parable is basically a story that has like a deeper underlying meaning. So he's telling you this is a parable and this is your chance to understand it. And later in this chapter, he's like talking to his disciples and he says, I tell you all the answers, but I speak to them in parables because you need the ears if you 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 will only understand if you have the ears to hear it pretty much is what he's saying. So I was really turning this one over and how how Satan can drive out Satan. The one thing that really jumped out at me first was if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand. America. Right. <laughs> no I, doubt. N- nothing much to say there, but yeah, America, Democrats versus Republicans right versus left it's all a division and the social engineers are purposely dividing us so if that is a satanic energy then they're they know they're doing it how can satan drive out satan it's to me that is again saying that you can't use the satanic energy to drive out the satanic energy right you need to like that bring you to light totally and then it goes into if a house divided against the house house cannot stand so it's kind of repeating itself but i think you could probably look into astrology and the houses of astrology and even read more into that specific sentence, but I didn't do that. And then in, uh, and if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand his end has come. This is where I got a little confused and I was really looking into it. Some interpretations say that he's just saying the same thing again, but he says, and if Satan opposes himself, so if Satan opposes Satan and is divided, he cannot stand. But we just said before, how can Satan drive out Satan? So if Satan is opposing Satan, then it's we're still at this same level. But what I realized as you read farther, he says, in fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Again, these interpretations were saying that the plunderer was Jesus and that the strong man was Satan and that they had to tie up this strong man before they could plunder his house. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't think Jesus would be the plunderer. I think Satan would be the plunderer and the strong man would be Jesus because if you are strong, you cannot plunder my house. You would have to tie me up before you can plunder my house and I am strong. Then he goes on to say, truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Again, it's a parable, so it's kind of confusing. But a normal exoteric explanation of that is normally, well, you just can't, you can't talk against God. You can't say bad things. You shouldn't use God's name in vain. That's blasphemy. But he said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. And he says straight up, you can slander all you want. We'll forgive your sins. That doesn't matter, but you cannot commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit is this Luciferian energy, this morning star, this Jesus energy. And the blasphemy was saying, you have an impure spirit. That's blasphemy. Trying to look at you and say, you're impure. That's, that's not true. When you're being your truest authentic self, that's blasphemy. So I just, I, the deeper I looked into that, the more I realized more and more stuff. It was just, it was a really interesting chapter because I really do believe that this is very poetically telling what Satan really is. It's that lack of truth. It's that lack of moral compass, that center, that heart center, that true authentic sovereignty that's the Satan energy. That's darkness. That is the lack of enlightenment. That is not having ears to hear. So I, I just thought that was really interesting. And that that parable, the more I uncovered it, the more it really told me about what the Satan energy was. Yeah. And I think that it's a really good example of how it doesn't have to encompass this demonic sort of force. Because when we're talking about having, you know, connection with God or being familiar with God or that energy or that being in your heart, you don't have to necessarily be possessed by demons to have a lack of connection with that universal energy. You could simply be in a state of fear constantly. You could be in a state of negativity constantly. You could be in any form of any state. You could be saying somebody is impure, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be this whole deep, dark possession. And I keep coming back to that because, and I think a lot of people that have been familiar with Christianity might also be able to relate because it is very much expressed this way in the churches. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. every church, all church, whatever, I'm not going to put out any more. Yeah. And I, I don't need to put out any more disclaimers, like whatever, you can figure it out. But it is very much presented. There's angels and demons. Like it's this very dark possessed story i mean i can't tell you how many sermons i heard over the pulpit about people being possessed and those were freaking freaky but that satan energy doesn't it doesn't just encompass that one sect it encompasses a much larger idea of what it means to be without god and or opposed to God. Totally. I think it's also important to keep in mind when the Bible was written. The Old Testament was written before Jesus. It was written three plus thousand years ago. And even the New Testament is 2,000 something years old. So back then, there was a lot more fantasy to the world because we didn't quite understand and i'm not that i'm a physicist and i understand quite how the world works either but there's a lot less fantasy to the world these days but i don't think that negates the demonic possessed energy that is possible in the bible but at the same time it doesn't mean that's all that satan is it's not always these demons and devils i definitely think there are demonic energies out there and demonic entities out there moloch or whatever you want to talk about there's like endless amount of grimoires that are like demonic grimoires and lists of demons and Christian mystics who had lists of angels and demons, go look that up. I definitely, like demonology, I definitely think that's a possibility and a thing. But at the same time, I think this Satan energy is the main thing. And we're creator beings. Who's to say back in the biblical days, 
or before the biblical days, when we were a more intelligent, like Atlantis society, we understood that Satan wasn't a real entity. And then when we kind of got dumbed down and we entered this age of darkness that we are hopefully leaving sometime soon, we forgot. And we started thinking that these were actually real demons. And the pure belief in these demons created these fucking demons. Right. I want to do a whole episode eventually on egregores, which is exactly that. It's entities that exist because a lot of people believe they exist. It's like Slenderman. It's a state of mind. Yeah. So I, I do think the main bulk of what Satan is and what... Maybe the listener, if you're wondering, how should I think of Satan in my everyday life? If, if, you're, if you're thinking thinking of this kind of stuff on a regular basis, I would think of it as this energy that leads to darkness rather than, oh, no, if I use tarot cards, I'm going to get possessed. <laughs> I roll. Like, and I don't mean to sound cocky or no, condescending, I but yeah. I just for someone I'm speaking for myself here, for somebody that lived so much of their life thinking that all of those things were this evil natured objects or possessed that evil natured energy. It's so refreshing to be able to look at it from this different perspective and not only feel confident in this lens, always in a state of growth, but knowing that if God is with me, who can be against me? Exactly. So I've said this before, but that's why we can do a tarot spread with a Bible sitting next to us and know that we're not going to have this demon rise up from the center of the room or come out from wherever and start possessing us. It's just not how it works. It's not only not how it works, but honestly, if you're doing tarot with a Bible out next to you, you probably know what you're doing more than if you're doing <laughs> yeah, tarot without real. a Bible next to you. Like, it's all the same shit. And there's so much astrology in the Bible. I can't believe how many times houses are talked about. Like, I know that it was simpler times back then and your house was kind of like really meaningful, but I don't I don't think that's what it's always talking about. No, I mean, the if we're talking about the stars and where that where they're reading them, that's all they had. You know, they had fire, they had food, they had whatever clothes they had on their back that they probably made from sheep, sheep wool or I don't even know, but <laughs> they didn't have much. And when you talk about even going into prophecies or even freaking UFOs, like all they had was the heavens. That's it. That's all they had, the heavens and their connection to God. And when you're not distracted by all of these things that we have now, I mean, mm -hmm. now we have... Talk about Satan. Oh, my God. Well, that's why I think what you had said earlier about the social engineers being of that yeah. satanic nature, that's exactly where my brain was headed. It's, I think Luciferian is a term that gets used... In like as an equal to that Total, when yeah. it's not it's, it's a very it's the opposite huge misunderstanding for anybody that actually looks into it yeah but because of our history as far as christianity is concerned and the social engineers and just all of these people that have just drilled this into our head that's what lucifer is satan is the devil and that's why in all of these churches that's that's all you hear but there's there's no ounce of that that requires you to think critically. And that's another reason why I love the Bible, but I also love any type of conspiracy theory in mm -hmm. nature. It, it's not so much about it being true or false or whatever, although some conspiracy theories 
It's true. Are true <laughs> and have proven to be true. Yeah. That's not the point for me. Cough, cough, Epstein. <laughs> for me, it's it's about using your brain. And that's your God-given Definitely. ability. And using those faculties that we were given from our creator, from that universal source that we all come from. Yeah. No, that's I, I love that too. Because when you apply this critical thinking to things like the Bible, especially the Bible, I think it's really eye-opening because even... I wasn't raised with such a Christian background. Even I was really surprised that, wait, this is all there is on Lucifer and Satan? Like, yeah, I was blown away. It's in there a lot. Like Satan is used quite a bit, and I didn't even get into all the verses that use Satan, but it's not in there as much as you would think it's in there. So to to say that Lucifer is just Satan, and that's the end of story, again, I, I swear I wrote down the verse that, I, I don't think I did, but... It's just one verse where, oh, we, we did talk about that. I, we already passed that, where it says that Satan fell from the heaven like lightning. Yeah. That's that's it. That is the only thing that they are going off of. And it was like, it was back in the, I think, uh, 16th century or the, no, the third century AD. So way back then that Satan and Lucifer were started being equated as the same thing. And it just kind of stuck that way. Like people didn't think any deeper and people did like philosophers did, but the main churches weren't teaching that. And I think that also shows a lot about our society as well, because in general, since the Bible was written and the new Testament was written, our people in Western society have not really thought very much for themselves. And I mean, technically the Bible was written in the East, but it was taught in the West very heavily. We are a Christian nation in America. So for that long, we've just been like listening to the church, listening to the Pope, the priests, the whatever is being said. And we had Bibles, we read Bibles, but we just took that explanation as true. No wonder we're entering an age of enlightenment. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from the idea of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get on a whole I am female, he- hear me roar <laughs> sort of stance, but one interpretation that I came across that was rather interesting, and we've talked about it before, is that a lot of times it's very common in the Christian sex sectors, whatever, to kind of denounce the divine feminine, that matriarch sort of power. Sophia. So when we're talking about Venus being that divine mm-hmm. sort of beautiful energy, it's kind of a way for the patriarch to denounce the matriarch by saying that Lucifer equals Satan mm-hmm. equals evil. It just shuts down that feminine beauty, that divine spirit that is very much alive. And I mean, it's it's within everybody, but not thinking for yourself and just trusting the man is very much that same type of energy to me. Like you're shutting down the female and at the same time that kind of takes away that ability to think. Yeah. Like it's the same. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I do. I know exactly what you're trying to say because it's exactly, it gives me, it reminds me of, I was listening to know thyself recently and they're doing a series on, the 12 labors of Hercules, but also on the tarot and the uh, the zodiac signs, like all kind of intermingled because mm-hmm. they're all pretty much the same thing. And they were talking about the high priestess and how the high priestess is the second 
major arcana card, technically the third, because the zero card is the fool card, which is technically the first of the major arcana. But she is sitting down and she represents this kind of feminine beauty energy. And it comes after the magician, which is more of this masculine, like sun energy. And then the high priestess is sitting there and she has all the feminine wisdom within her, but she's sitting there. She's waiting for you to come find her. She's She's not going to, yeah, she's not going to show you the answer. It is that Luciferian energy in the, in, in this card, in, in all of this symbolism, it's all the same thing. You can look at the high priestess card or you can read the Bible and think about Lucifer. Either way, you're meditating on the same energy or learn about astrology, learn about Venus it's all the same thing. It kind of, I think it was in Think and Grow Rich that I was reading recently. I'm pretty sure it was, that's what I was reading, but it was talking about how like wealth and riches are much more quiet. They're waiting for you to come to them where poverty will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that is the that's same the Satan thing. Poverty would be the, Satan. the Satan energy. And then the riches and wealth would it's be Lucifer. Luciferian yep. energy. It's just because Lucifer is right there waiting to give you all the answers, but he's not going to just give it to you. You have to work for it. You have to learn it. You have to reach that enlightenment. The morning star is there ready to lead you toward the dawn. But if you're not taking the energy to follow that morning star, you're not, you're not going to reach it. I also think of the hermit energy carrying that, that torch along in the darkness. There's a lot. And all of these connections, that's why I really wanted to make a podcast because all these connections are so very nuanced and specific. And we may find ourselves going over things several times in several different contexts, but it's slowly building this knowledge that shows a larger encompassing picture. And you could always add more. It's like an endless puzzle, like a puzzle that doesn't have edges. You just keep finding more pieces to add to it and it becomes more and more clear the more you add to it. Uh, I think I heard it in a video recently, but I think it was also in Mystical Kabbalah by Dian Fortune. She was talking about the tree of life, but she described the tree of life like a filing cabinet. And you have all these filing, these all these systems. You have cabinets for all 10 Sephiroth. And within them, you have all these labels for all the different energies within them. But then there's cross references within those filing cabinets that go to other filing cabinets that link files together. And as a whole... It's it's going to tell you one picture, but you need to study each each thing in the filing cabinet individually to actually understand it. So the Bible's in there. Eastern esotericism is in there. Uh, Satanism is in there. Luciferianism is in there. It's all in there and it's all part of this energy and it's all important. So it it doesn't have to fit into one particular box or one particular label. And honestly, it's probably going to limit yourself if you are fitting yourself into one particular box or label, because you will always be able to add more to your filing cabinet if you're looking as openly as you can. And I would argue that that's what God would want us to do, is to constantly be adding more to that filing cabinet, because God is everything literally everything. Yeah. And by knowing these things, by looking into these things, by studying these things, ultimately you're just learning more about God and and the God energy that is within you. Exactly. And we haven't been given this life to just stay in a box, to stay in one lane. We've been given this life to play, to play with this 
magic that God has given us, that God has bestowed upon us. I mean, that's that's literally the entire point. And that's kind of a thing that I've been in realization of lately. I've considered myself very much spiritually minded and open-minded and willing to learn and grow. And I am all of those things, no doubt. But I'm really realizing that life isn't, first of all, the meat suit life isn't forever. And I'm going to be damned if I waste any more time staying inside of one small facet of something because it's comfortable or because it feels safe. Like we've been given the ability to do anything we want to. And it's not so serious. No. You don't have to go to college and, and do everything exactly. You don't have to make a certain amount of money. You don't have to have you kids if you don't want. want. You can do whatever you want. And I know I use the video game metaphor all the time and you don't play video games. So it's not like <laughs> the best one for you, but I know other people resonate with it. But to me, it's like we're playing a big open world game. And if you're not doing whatever you want, you're just kind of like running around in circles in the game and just like not going anywhere and not doing anything. That's literally how I think about video games. <laughs> well, this is why. And this is why you need to play Skyrim Let's with me now. Let's just play the restaurant game instead. No, it's not the same. It's not kind the same. Of. Not Make a, my own restaurant. Not That's not what the game is. That's not even how you... Continue. She's talking about Overcooked. That's <laughs> not how you played that game. Anyway, <laughs> continuing. But... Yeah. And so to I finish out my notes, I have a little bit on Satanism. We haven't quite talked about that yet. So like we were saying, Luciferianism is a pretty vaguely defined, not I wouldn't even call it a religion, but it's a vaguely defined set of beliefs. Yeah. Uh, Satanism is a little more defined. It uh, really became popular, I think, in like 1968 was when Anthony LaVey wrote his Satanic Bible or somewhere around then and like Satanic Panic. And it exists pretty much exclusively in opposition to Christianity. Uh, I kept thinking about Sabrina Spellman and Chilling Adventures with this because it's 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 oh thank satan hail satan yeah yeah or hail satan like it's never like a just like oh thank goodness i did this for myself it's always like a thank satan or a thank god situation it's not it's always in opposition to christianity and also there's a show called uh silicon valley on hbo and there's a satanist in that show which tells you a lot because it's in california and (laughs) anyway god hollywood yeah well silicon valley but close enough Anyway, there's a Satanist in that show and he also exists like purely in opposition to Christianity. And I think that just shows a a lack of maturity in general because you're, again, choosing that side. House divided will never, never do good. I don't remember the exact quote was, but you don't want (laughs) to be. It'll never stand. Yeah, there we go. It uh, won't stand. So right off the bat, I think you're kind of missing the point if you're like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. I'm going to be a Satanist. Same with like, Christian to atheist, like, I don't know. You're not quite grasping the deeper understanding of the duality when you're kind of doing that kind of thing. A point on atheism, I almost think that I would respect an atheist more because... Than a Satanist? Even than just like a non-thinking Christian. Oh, yeah. Because like at least with atheism, even though I don't identify as an atheist, I mean, I definitely clearly believe in something yeah. bigger than us, but at least you're like taking the time to like think about it. Right. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. 
I think some people are. I think some people just jump to atheism because they want to be edgy. And same with Satanism. They're just like, yeah, I'm a Satanist because fuck God, like fuck Christianity. And I'm going to be dark. Yeah, exactly. And actually, that's where a lot of Satanism began also was just like edgy kids trying to piss off like old Christian white ladies. Like just saying, yeah, I'm a Satanist and drawing pentagrams everywhere. So that's where it gets really confusing too with social engineer stuff because, uh, Spoiler alert, next week we're talking about adrenochrome and I watched Mouthy Buddha again. I know, I did too. And (laughs) he shows some like Tumblr pictures of like pizza cut in a pentagram and shit and like while I definitely think the origins of some of these pictures and what he is talking about is definitely worth thinking about. Some teenager posting a picture. I, like, I'm pretty sure I shared that pentagram pizza on my Tumblr when They're I was in high school. They're just freaking stock photos. Yeah. And he's making a documentary. Like, he just needs resources. But Well, I think some of those photos were, like, actual Instagram photos. Anyway, getting ahead of myself. But, so, yeah, Satanism, a little more. The Satanic Bible is actually pretty interesting, too, because a lot of the principles in the Satanic Bible are pretty Luciferian in nature. It's kind of like the do-what-thy-wilt type thing, but... Some Satanists take it to the extreme where they're like, well, I'm going to just fucking hurt people for fun. Like, at least that's what like old Christian white ladies think that Satanists are doing. But it's more of like, a, no, I'm going to just get rich because I want to get rich. And it's very materialistic. It's very focused on like the hedonistic pleasures in life. And it's not exactly focused on any universal attainment or enlightenment like Luciferianism is. So... I would definitely say that Satanism is not something that I'm going to adopt into my personal spiritual regimen anytime soon. And I would say that Luciferianism is something that I already have adopted into my own personal spiritual consciousness. So that's kind of my conclusion on how I would define Satan versus Lucifer. But... Yeah, I think Satan is going to be a lot harder to pin down in the Bible within the context because it is used more frequently and in lots of different contexts. Yeah, and I think also just being aware that the connotation that we have of these things is purely based off of interpretation. It is not based on factual information. No. It's not based on... Other than like these are actual verses we're reading. It is not even really based on verses because I mean, yes, those verses are in the Bible. They're real verses, but the connection is just so freaking light. Like it's it's dismal. It's not even... It's not even worth connecting those two dots because it doesn't make sense. You're cherry picking the Bible. Oh, like between Lucifer and Satan. Yeah. Yeah. So that interpretation, because it's based off of that it's based off of those couple of verses those cherry-picked words and as you'll see from this episode we read those same verses and read the context and pulled out a completely different meaning and chas and i don't really talk about our notes before these episodes because i want it to be like more organic and it's we we came to very similar conclusions despite not communicating, just using our logic and reasoning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't just read, just read and use your brain. Like, <laughs> what does Jordan, what does Jordan Maxwell say? Airhead. Yeah. Oh yeah. In his video, he was like, Jesus is Lucifer. You airhead. <laughs> Love him so. Wake up, get a life. Wake up, get a life. <laughs> He's got that like, that little accent. I don't know if it's New Jersey or not. Oh. 
Wait, Jordan Max. Jordan Max. I thought I said Peterson. No, very different people. (laughs) Very, very different. If you're looking for Jordan Peterson and you find Jordan Maxwell, you're going to be in for a surprise. I mean, maybe a good surprise. I I like, I like. Still good stuff, but just different. Very different. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Jordan Maxwell does Kundalini yoga, so maybe he's getting more in in the Maxwell realm. Anyway, apparently, this is kind of a sidetrack, but somebody I follow on Instagram who's really into Jordan Maxwell's work and like wrote a bunch of books about Jesus being the sun in the sky said that Jay, Joe Rogan on JRE had, uh, what's the lispy guy? The, the Mike Tyson. Yeah. I'm so glad you knew <laughs> he had Mike Tyson on. Apparently he was talking about like astrology in the Bible. So I, I want to listen to that coming up. But anyway, do you have anything else to conclude on this episode? No, I don't think so. No, well, uh, don't be a Satanist, be a Luciferian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.